Hey, I'm Tim. And I'm Drew. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In episode 46, we talked to Emily Rodrig about trying new things in worship. Welcome to another episode of the podcast and our second ever live episode. Why are we live? Emily, Drew. Because we're all in the same room. So Emily, welcome. Hi. Yeah, so it's rare that we're together. Yes. Uh, huge shout out to Cody for getting married because that brought Drew to the Midwest. Thanks, Cody. And a good excuse for us to all get together in one place. <laughs> and what better thing to do than record a podcast? Yes. And it was actually at Cody's wedding that I had a conversation with somebody um, that was just talking about how, how at their church they were just getting a little bit frustrated of how things just seemed to keep being the same and there wasn't much variety. And they just said something along the lines of, we just need to do something different. And that got me thinking and I, I asked her a few more questions about what she meant by that because for different people that means a lot of different things. Like... We need to do something different. could be as simple as, I want to use piano instead of organ. Or it could mean, I just want to get rid of hymns altogether. And I think, I mean, that, that's obviously a wide spectrum. But um, it, it made me want to ask you to, what experiences have you had uh, with, with situations like that, where you've tried something or you've wanted to try something different in the context of worship? Um, well, we've served at a couple of different places that are very steeped in tradition. So they've been doing things the same way for a very long time, and there's not a whole lot of explanation as to why they do it that way, but that's just the way, that's just the way that it's done. So when we have tried to do things that are different, we kind of have to take baby steps because to walk in and change something that's been going the same way for 75, 80 years or however many, um, you can't expect it to be different overnight. So we've had to kind of make the change gradually over time. Um, also, if some we wanted something to be different, we've needed to make sure that everybody knows why we want something to be different and not have the reason just because we want it to be different than what it was before. There needs to be a purpose for the different instead of just having it be not what we had before. Yeah. Well, I think that's a very important thing. And that's one thing that in my experience at my first ministry, I was down in Durrell, Florida and worship there was something that was just always done the same way since they had started. So it was mm -hmm. always led by a piano always sang hymns and one liturgy song and that's just the way it was. Um, but when someone found out that I played guitar, what we actually did was we started a, a praise band for our chapel because we had sixth through 12th grade that had chapel together. Mm -hmm. And for those chapel services, we would play one or two praise songs um, just to keep the kids interested, engaged, and they weren't responding well to the things that we had done in the past. So something different. Eventually then the, pastors got wind of what we were doing and were like, oh, this is cool. Let's start having that praise band come sing for one song at church. To, you know, they had the idea to try something different. This was our pastor-coordinated worship. So I said, cool, you know, we'll 
carry the stuff over. But this ended up being went going from like once a month singing one song to almost every week being asked to sing one song. And at that point in time, we were transporting our equipment from the gym to the auditorium and back just to make sure, you know, it was in the gym for chapel and in the auditorium for church. And that was kind of the step where once it was every week and I could see this something that people were responding well to, um, we took the leap and said, can we just do an entire service like one weekend out of the month and make that ours? Yeah. And I think I, I feel blessed to have been in the situations I have, uh, because I've been a part of two fairly young mission congregations in my life. When I was in high school, we started Living Word in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And then I moved to South Carolina and became part of Illumin when it was only like two years old. And with both of those, when you're kind of starting from scratch like that, you don't have this thing that you guys have been talking about, but this is the way we've always done it. There is no, we've always done it. It's just, we have to do something. So what are we going to do? And that kind of, begs the question or forces the question of like why are we going to do whatever it is we choose to do and you guys both kind of touched on that that if you are going to be making a change like this it has to like have kind of reason and intentionality behind it um because you know illumin kind of has a reputation of being very very different (laughs) um but we we were very intentional and have reasons for all the decisions we made and we could have chosen to do it things in a very much more traditional way or a way that people are familiar with but like even if we had done that we would have to have a a good reason for doing that Uh, because we can't say we've always done it that way because we haven't (laughs) Um, but yeah yeah, so I, I think I, I like that you both touched on that. that if you are going to be making a change, it, there has to be a reason behind it. Um, but getting a little more into like the specifics of the changes itself, like what what have you run into as far as when people say they want something different or talk about making a change? What are they like? There, there's um, many different things they could mean. What have you found people are looking for? Yeah, so... Um... One of the things that I've seen is if someone says I want something different, usually they have no clue what they actually want. And there's no, like, maybe they're just tired of, of the way things have always been, but they really have no clue. Like, do we want to, like you said, not use an organ or do we want to incorporate guitar or, or saxophone or trumpet or soloists or a church choir, things that haven't been done in the past when they want something different. I think it's it's important to be clear and specific. And that's one thing that I was intentional about when we were starting uh, this praise band in in Doral, Florida, was I wasn't just going to ask our, our ministry team, hey, let's do this because we should do it. No, I wrote up like a three-page proposal as to this is the response we've gotten when we've played in church so far. People enjoy a new style of worship, and it's good to have an experience with a, a variety of instruments, a variety of songs. And everyone was so on board. Like, you have to have it laid out. Because when you want something different, for me, I enjoy something that probably not a lot of people like. Like, I love when there's a full praise band. And I know that maybe in this room I'm in similar company, but a lot of people are not comfortable with that. And I'll be honest, I grew up not being comfortable with that because I grew up in a church where it was organ. And you had maybe one Sunday every two months where it was led by the piano. And that was like a shock. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) It was, it was the shock. Like, 
there was no organ. Are you for real? And yeah. I was not the biggest proponent of uh, contemporary Christian music as it's come to be known uh, because I just thought, you know, it was kind of shallow, very repetitive, not a lot of variety, which has obviously changed in the last 10 years. Um, but when we want something different there, it would be literally going from an organ to a piano. Yeah, that, that's how it is at our at our church. I mean, we serve in I serve in a very rural congregation with a lot of people in like the fifty plus group who have grown up hearing organ their entire lives, and so the change that we make is not necessarily the same as a change that would be made in a place with younger people or people that are more used to hearing the praise band style of worship. So we incorporate piano into our pre-service and our post-service. And that was a change. People were not used to that. Um, But I think there has to be, there has to be justification for why you're going to do it. Because if you just say, I'm going to do it for something different, something different means something different (laughs) to everyone. That's true. So you have to have a reason. I like what you said about having the plan laid out. Right. Because then even people who maybe aren't, a fan of the type of different that you choose can get behind the intention sure. that you have. And that's one thing I really appreciate about the place where I now serve as well. Obviously my role has changed greatly from when I was a full-time teacher who was sort of getting this praise band started on, on the side and, you know, at, at my church to now this is my job. Um, and I get to do this on a, on a weekly basis and the thing that our leadership team and our the lead pastor specifically always says is we are really like try whatever you can within reason, obviously, to reach out to the lost and just always have a reason why. Never just do something for the sake of doing it. And this applies to anything. It's not just music. Like yeah. if I'm doing a youth event and it's something that someone could say, why are you doing this? And then I can lay out these are the reasons why we chose to do this thing. I really think that applies to anything you do in ministry at church. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you kind of mentioned like the whole reaching out to the lost. One of the Lumen's core principles that I absolutely love. Um, I wish I could take credit for it, but they had it before <laughs> I got there. It was that, uh, we make decisions not based on the people who have been here the longest, but based on the people who aren't here yet. Yep. So mm-hmm. as you're making those changes, the, I mean, Let's be honest, the the most resistance is going to come from the people who have been there the longest, that this is the way we've always done things. This is what I'm most comfortable with. But if you can kind of get them focused on that mission mindset of that's great, but we we're not too worried about your soul. We know that you (laughs) come to church and that you love Jesus and everything. But there's a bunch of people that aren't. And we need to be thinking about them and how we can reach out to Mm -hmm. them and help. Yeah. Yeah. And one of those things is you want to make sure that you do things gently and with love and respect. Like you're not about to walk into a place that maybe this is a new calling and it's your first day there and you're saying, all right, we're going to change everything. We're going to turn everything on its head because everyone who's ever been to church there is going to be like, nope. And that's not the right way to approach something because now they're going to be completely turned off to the idea. They're not going to want to listen to even what you have to say. Because you didn't have a chance to listen to what they have to say. Right. And I think that's an important thing is hearing someone else's side of the story. I agree with what you're saying, Drew, where it's not necessarily, well, we haven't had a what we've always done. And mm-hmm. you should really be more focused on the people who are not currently in your, mm-hmm. um, in your church because those are the lost. Those are the people who don't yet know Jesus. 
And the entire point of our worship is to make sure people know Jesus for eternal gain. Well, we are serving the people who do know Jesus, but all you're really doing is equipping them to be missionaries. And, you know, if we're going to do that in a way where that means uh, leading by organ is the best, then do that. (laughs) But I'm in a context where a lot of the people that are in our church, if they hear an organ, their first thought is horror movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. they don't think of church mm-hmm. because a lot of people that that belong to our church either grew up in a Catholic church or something where they didn't attend very often or they grew up not really attending church at all so they didn't grow up like like I did and I'm assuming yeah. both of you did as well mm-hmm. where you were in church since you were a baby and right. you learned all the songs and whatever before you could even read yeah. that's not their experience with it so just because something that you're comfortable with doesn't mean that it's something that somebody walking through the door for the first time is going to be comfortable with. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that begs the conversation too that um, in order to make a change effectively, you have to have the relationships to back that up. You yes. can't just walk in first day somewhere and decide that you're going to make everything different because <laughs> especially for people who have been there for forever – you can say we're changing this because of the people who aren't here yet. We're changing it to reach to the last, but they're going to say, what about me? Yeah. Like you have to have the relationships and the rapport with people who are already there to justify that. We're not just concerned for people who aren't here. We're concerned for you too. Right. And this is, this is a change for the greater good, but they're not going to get that if you don't take the time to hear what they need. And that's why in a church like mine, which is known for, Maybe in theory, stepping on toes or, or just being willing to do things that are way outside the box. Mm-hmm. We have a an 8 a.m. traditional service at our original campus that still exists to serve the people who are most comfortable worshiping in that way. Yeah. Now, that is not a service that we do a lot of outreach at because, not a, again, unless you grew up in a church, this is not something that you are familiar with. We do it to serve our members and to continue to equip them because they still need to be fed. We're not trying to shove completely out of, like, say, nope, this is never going to happen. But we have that luxury of having multiple services across multiple campuses, which doesn't exist in a lot of places. Right. Yeah. And I think this extends to not just, like, we've been talking primarily about, like, musical things. But uh, this came up a couple weeks ago. We just installed a new pastor. And the question came up, what are the the pastors who are helping install him, what are they going to wear? Are they going to wear robes and stoles? Are they going to just wear like suits or whatever? And uh, like that, that's not really a situation where we're thinking about reaching out to the lost because the installation of a pastor is kind of a unique thing, but like it came up like there, many of the people in our setting grew up in the middle of the Bible belt surrounded by like Baptists and Presbyterians. They may never have seen a pastor in a robe before, and it would be extremely distracting to them to be like, mm-hmm. why are these 12 dudes all wearing dresses? <laughs> like, yeah. And that, that was literally what went into the decision to not wear them was like, we, I, for the sake of the people, we think that it just probably would be more distracting than it would be, the, than the symbolism that it would have would benefit yeah. the situation. Sure. And like that... That happens with other things being in the Bible Belt that just, you know, if if we were to have like a more traditional like liturgical service uh, with songs like that and everything, people don't associate that with Lutheranism in the South. They associate that with Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. uh, so, you know, not 
not that we want to make all of our decisions just to make sure we don't seem Catholic, but like <laughs> if that's going to be the first connotation people get, like that's not a connection we want people to make. We don't want to be associated with the Catholic church. So like there are considerations that go into how you plan a service and how you organize things so that you are not giving the wrong impression to like first time visitors. Yeah. And I think you brought up another important point when you're going to make a change, you need to consider not just historical context, but cultural and regional context. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's different. I mean, Emily and I both grew up in Washington state. Well, I grew up there and you lived there. I lived there for most of my, yeah, I'm up until like ninth grade. So sure. Yeah. I grew up in Washington, but even worship there, yes, for us, it was still liturgical and traditional, but it was different than you would have experienced in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And being in an outlying district in general, I later went to Florida, and it's different there already, mm-hmm. simply because it's Florida. Like, what works in one location isn't going to automatically work in another one. Sure. Right. And there's no universal, this is the 100% correct right way to do something. Yeah, there's no magic formula for what changes to make to make everything fabulous for you. Yeah, I'd agree that there's not really a secret formula or a perfect formula, but you can take um, things from different contexts and make really a best practices, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, a really good example of that is that we just did a Lumen Science Camp this past summer. Nice. Um, we had a traditional VBS here for years and years and years. Um, and it just wasn't drawing any kids. We weren't really doing any outreach. We felt like the, the money that was being spent to do VBS wasn't a good use of our resources. And we really wanted to do something different in order to reach the demographic better. So we decided to do a science camp because it's not something that anybody else in our area has in order to maybe reach some kids and some families that shouldn't, that wouldn't have been able to be reached. So we could have come up with our own science camp curriculum, but I knew that they're in a lumen, they do a really great science camp. And so um, I reached out to them and said, hey, this is something we're thinking about doing. And we didn't do it exactly the same. Sure. We adjusted it to make sure that it fit our needs and our groups of kids because we only had 40 kids. But that was 40 versus 12 right. the year before. So you can take somebody else's idea and make it fit your demographic and yeah. fit your needs. You don't right. have to reinvent the wheel every time. And I think that's an important thing too. You can use resources that other people have created, but be adaptable. Yeah. Um, if you want to try something different, like maybe you want to start a church choir for the first time and you have like eight people, you're not going to pick a song that's meant for like this full SATB, you know, right. That would be foolish. Yeah. 32 voice choir. Like, no, you have eight people. You're probably going to do them all on one voice or maybe a simple two, two-part two harmony. Right. Or let's say you want to start a, a praise band of some sorts. You have one person who knows how to play the guitar. You're not going to ask for or try to pick a song and replicate exactly how it sounds when there's probably three guitars on the original track. Right. And you have one person who knows how to play it. You have to be adaptable and know yeah. how to fit your context with what is really going to be best. And I, again, another thing from... Our, the way that our church does things. We always say, what is the best way to, we're not looking for what's going to make me happiest. What's going to make someone else happiest. What is the best way to 
move along with this thing or do this, you know, this or that. And it's yeah. not look, it's not going to look the same any place because right. every place has different gifts and different resources. So take the resources that you have, use the resources that are available to you and do it well. Yeah. And another, I don't know if it's a core principle, but it, it guides our decision making is um, we make decisions based on ideals, not abuses. Um, and that one is a little trickier to, to figure out because it people get really scared when they first hear it but what we mean by it is like if you're going to make a change if you're going to make a decision that you imagine kind of like you were saying tim the best way to do it mm-hmm. you imagine the best version of this thing yeah instead of worrying about ways that it could go wrong or ways that people could abuse it or ways that people could do it poorly like to say we're not going to use guitar in worship because somebody might be a really terrible guitarist. Um, like that. Yeah. Someone might be a really terrible right. guitarist, but don't use them then or pay for them to take lessons or something. Right. right. But like, don't just say we're not going to use guitar because of how it could go wrong. Imagine the best version of it. Imagine how it could look if it went right and then work for that. Yeah. Well, that just about wraps it up with our time here on the podcast. We want to thank Emily Roderick for joining us and opening her home to us as we are recording this. No problem! In Sugarbush, Wisconsin. Yes. What a place. It's a place. (laughs) All right. That just about wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. As always, if you have any questions you'd like answers to, people you'd like to hear from, or just random conversations you'd like to hear the three of us have, feel free to reach out to us at Hearts and Hands Podcasts at gmail.com or on any social media platform at Wells Creatives. And I want to thank again our patrons on Patreon. We have a special page on there, patreon.com slash Hearts and Hands Podcast. Uh, those who are there know you can get instant access to certain uncut episodes and additional bonus content, bonus features. Be sure to check that out, and we appreciate all the support. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.